New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. The following talk was presented by Justine Willis-Toms at the Cultural Integration Fellowship in San Francisco, California on June 29, 2014. The fellowship was founded by the late Dr. Haridas Chaudhry, who also founded its graduate school, the California Institute of Integral Studies. Justine Willis-Toms is the co-founder of New Dimensions Radio and the author of Small Pleasures, Finding Grace in a Chaotic World. She also co-authored with Michael Toms, True Work, Doing What You Love and Loving What You Do. Here she's introduced by Sandy Kepler of the Cultural Integration Fellowship. At the end of June, we typically honor our founders with a very special lecture. So we're really happy that Justine can be here. In the past, her husband, Michael Toms, was here for these lectures, and Justine usually sat up here on the stage with Michael and added some things to the lecture occasionally. Michael was an early friend and uh, respected Dr. Chaudhry very much as a teacher and leader for his own business, New Dimensions Radio. Dr. Chaudhry was one of the founding board members of the New Dimensions Radio when there were only three or four people on the board and really encouraged Michael to go forward with um, this wonderful broadcasting that Justine is continuing, and we're so happy that she can carry on the legacy and had been all along. As we know, there are many couples where perhaps one of them is more in the limelight, but the person who's not in the limelight is equally responsible for the light shining. So we appreciate your light too, Justine. So thank you for being with us, Justine. We look forward to your talk. Good morning. I am just so excited to be here. I, I thank you all for coming. I thank you all for joining with me. And I, I'm mostly excited to share with you not only my belief, but my deep, deep knowing that consciousness is changing. Consciousness is changing for the better. That in when, when we're in this threshold time that we all know that we're in, we understand that there is a lot of chaos, too. So this can be a little unsettling, more than a little unsettling, if you're like me. And, and so we need to find some ways to keep ourselves settled, to keep ourselves on course with what we know to be true, and what we know in our hearts, in the soul of our body we know is true. So I want to talk about some of those 
things today. We all know that when these great shifts take place, there actually is a psychological term called metanoia, and it's, it's a term about a, a psychotic break, but it also includes the healing and the rebuilding. And this is um, another word that's like that word in, in uh, philosophy is metamorphosis. And I kind of think of the times that we're living in is very analogous to the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. What I learned about this was that when you take a caterpillar and it's before it makes its cocoon, it's voracious. It's eating, eating everything in sight. It's stripping the leaves off of everything in sight. And then it makes this cocoon. And in that cocoon, it actually liquefies. When I found that out, it just amazed me that, that it had to let go to such an extent that it actually turned into liquid. But within that liquid, there are these cells, these imaginal cells. And many of us know this story and have heard it before and, and understand it. And these magical imaginal cells start to gather together. They start to coagulate. They start to convene together. And these imaginal cells are the ones that hold the, the, all the DNA of the butterfly the caterpillar is to become. And I think of each one of us here today, each one of us, we are part of that collective imaginal cells. I really believe that. You here today, you have come today because you are part of the whole collective evolving of human consciousness. We are the imaginal cells of the evolving human consciousness. So the question I I asked, as we look at, at the news today, we can look at how we measure progress and how we're measuring ourselves. And we can look at it like the GNP, the gross national product. And that's, that's counting up all the money spent. It could be spent on weaponry. It could be spent on health care. It could be spent on paying lawyers when people are suing each other. And that's all counted in the GNP. <laughs> as if that's making progress. And they say, oh, we're making progress because this is really high. But we all know of this other movement that is taking place called the GNH, the Gross National Happiness Index. And uh, one of the countries that has really started this was in Bhutan. But it is starting to spread like the imaginal cells. It's starting to spread into other countries. And they're looking at how are the citizens in our country happy? How are, are they happy or not? And really, really tracking that. That's, that's like one of those blades of grass coming up through the cement. So I'm often asked... You know, well, how do you maintain your compass, your true compass, your true direction in this chaotic time? 
And some people, you know, look at this as, oh, everything is ending. It's not the way it used to be. But I'm saying that what is emerging, the butterfly that is emerging in culture is like the future, the the, the we are pilgrims of the possible, and we are moving toward that future together. And we are moving towards a future, as Bill McDonough, the anticipatory design uh, architect, has said, we're moving towards visioning that good things are happening for all the children of all the species for all time. That, that is like the, the vision that I hold, that it's goodness, that sustainability and peace for all the children of all the species for all time. Many of you are aware of New Dimensions Radio, and which was started in 1973. And uh, the, the theme that you hear at the beginning of it is, and many of you are aware of it, It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of body, mind, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. So that for 40, 41 years, <laughs> that has gone out into, into the uh, cosmos, over the airwaves. And um, when we first started New Dimensions, we didn't see our work laid out. We didn't even know it was going to be radio. You know, we didn't know that we would amass 8,000 hours of conversations, of deep dialogues uh, with, with wisdom leaders from around the world. We didn't imagine that we would be sitting down with our Buckminster Fuller, and, who is the uh, coiner of the phrase Spaceship Earth and designed the geodesic dome. We didn't imagine that we would be sitting down with Dr. Andrew Weil. We, we started interviewing him in the early 70s when he was still traipsing through the jungles of Yucatan looking for shamans. And now he's one of the best-known doctors in the world. And um, we didn't uh, imagine that we would be sitting down with hours and hours with Joseph Campbell and talking about mythology and becoming deep friends with him. And we didn't imagine that we would be sitting down with Dr. Chaudhry, uh, which was such a special privilege. And as Sandy said, you know, Michael went to Dr. Chaudhry early on when we started New Dimensions. And it was, um, he was looking for leaders to say, is this a good idea? Do you think I should pursue this? We should pursue this. And Dr. Chaudhry was absolutely on board. He said, yes, absolutely. Just in the way that Sri Aurobindo urged him to come here, you know, Dr. Chaudhry then passed it forward, so to speak. And he did join our board of directors and he became a a deep friend as well as being a, a, just a deep, deep, dear, dear friend. And I I just, the legacy left to us by both uh, Bina Chaudhry and Dr. Chaudhry is just that, 
that we are better for their legacy. And it's so wonderful to see it carried on here at the Cultural Integration Fellowship. It's so great. I just love it. I know Michael is smiling down and, and we are just, I'm just so grateful for the work of Sandy and all of her compatriots that keep this going. Thank you so much. So I would like to, as a, as a talk uh, is entitled Four Keys of Wisdom I've Learned Along the Way in Living with Grace in Chaotic Times. So I'd like to talk about those four keys and share them with you. The first key is to circulate, not isolate. That is to rub shoulders with life. So I got to say, everybody in this room is doing the first key because you got out of bed this morning, you got dressed, you got in your car or you walked here, you got yourself here. And here we are, imaginal cells all gathering together. So congratulations, you have done the first key. The second key is to stay curious. Curiosity is an antidote to fear. The third key is be optimistic. Optimism is an antidote to worry. And the fourth key is develop circles of friends of the heart, people who support you in your fullness. So these are the four keys, and I'd like to say something about each one. In the first key, of course, as I say, get out of the house, rub shoulders, get into the corridors of life. You know, it's so important because synchronicities can happen. Spirit can work with us. We can sit next to someone that we haven't met before, and they have just a piece of information we need. I just We've seen this magic happen over and over. You're listening to a talk given by Justine Willis-Toms in the summer of 2014. Justine is the co-founder and host of New Dimensions Radio and the author of Small Pleasures, Finding Grace in a Chaotic World. To learn more about the work of New Dimensions, please visit us at newdimensions.org. Once again, here is Justine Willis-Toms. We, by the mainstream media, we are tempted to just go into despair because there's a relentless loop of disaster and miseries that just it just it just repeats itself over and over and over again. And so I I I think it's important to to actually take a media break, <laughs> you know, a media fast uh, is really important. There is a piece of media that I'm going to confess that I plug into. Of course, I get, I don't get newspapers. I don't do the 
six o'clock news. I don't do any of that. Uh, I and I, I do have some magazines, some really good magazines uh, that that inform me, and I try and keep up with that. And I do get on listservs, you know, Truth Out, uh, Reader Sponsor News. Uh, Rick Ingrassi is someone who just is a great co. co- Coagulator. He just grabs up things, just interesting things from all over the world. I love what he sends out. So I do that. But one of the things that I do at the end of the day is that I get my news from the comedy channel. <laughs> I watch John Stewart in The Daily Show. I watch Stephen Colbert and the Colbert Report, and I watch now the new one on HBO called John Oliver Last Week Tonight. And, I mean, there's something about um, we're blessed when we can laugh at ourselves because we will always stay amused, you know. And, and I, But also, I just want to say, for me, John Stewart is one of the best interviewers, I think, in the country. When he has on a certain guest, especially the political guest, he is so insightful. He is so on it. He so stays with it. And like, for example, recently he had on uh, the former UN representative from Iraq. And like Iraq is all in the news. And, and we all want to know what is going on. And he hears a man who knows, who from Iraq, he knows, he's studied it, he's there, he's been their representative. And, and so John is pressing and pressing, you know, who's benefiting from this? Uh, who are the players? What should we do? And out of all of that, there was no definitive answer. And there still is no definitive answer. But what I loved is that he's not afraid of having the question out there even if there's no certainty of an answer. And when we hear these other news reports or when we tune into the, the, the normal Sunday morning, meet the press sort of thing, and the same old, same old people are just yeah, 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 as far as I'm concerned. They're not really pulling in the new people that are looking at it from a new angle. It's what New Dimensions tries to do, to say, okay, let's look at it from this side. Let's look at it from this side. So we just, you know, kind of come at it. And it's not the answers so much. It's the questions that we're asking. So it's really important to get out and rub shoulders in life. Travel. Travel is a great thing. If anybody has ever traveled to England, Ireland, or Australia and had to drive on the other side of the road... You know, I mean, that's going to change your brain pathways to help clean out the old worn, worn pathways and to develop new pathways. So remember to, to circulate, not isolate. Just a brief example, I got myself out of Santa Rosa, where I'm living now, on a Friday night to go down to Berkeley to see a concert. I mean, that's a big deal to get... Oh, you know, but I made a commitment with a friend, and so I showed up, and that's one of the keys, you know, to show up. So I showed up in Berkeley in this small venue to see Jennifer Berenson, who does um, Praises for the World, and, and she has a new one. I can't remember what it is, but she's beautiful, beautiful soul. And who sits next to me in this venue but Tom Callanan? 
Now, Tom Callanan used to be at the Fetzer Institute, a progressive think tank in Kalamazoo, Michigan, you know. And we worked with Callanan. We worked with Tom. He was he funded some projects for New Dimensions through the Fetzer Institute. Well, I found out that he now lives in Santa Cruz. And so that's that's like one of those synchronicities that that spirit works if you get out into the corridors of life. The second key is to stay curious. Curiosity is an antidote to fear. Curiosity is like the in-breath. It, it has a lightness to it. it. It brings in oxygen for our blood and brings oxygen to our brain. And we can think better. We can be more imaginative. It helps us to be pilgrims of the possible. Uh, for example, we interviewed... Um, Joseph Campbell, as I said many times, and he became a friend. And one time over dinner, uh, I don't remember what Michael was saying, but Michael was telling him something. And uh, Joseph uh, just lit up and he said, I didn't know that. And you could just see the little boy in him. You could see him as just a little five-year-old, you know, just discovering a bug or something. I mean, he just was all lit up. And he was well into his 70s at the time, and he had that ability to be curious. I I just saw um, Wendell Berry, and Wendell has that quality. He's He's still chewing on life. He's still curious when he's curious about words and how we use them and about how we're manifesting in the world. Uh, it's just wonderful, wonderful to, to see that. So for me, when I start feeling fear and I start to contract and I start to go, oh, I don't want this one. Don't, don't put this one on my plate. If I... If I just relax and just say, hmm, I wonder how this is going to turn out. Because <laughs> everything in these small cycles, they, they have a beginning and an ending. <sighs> I wonder how this is going to turn out. And this has been especially true for me since Michael's death. Because I've had a lot of things to work with and contend with that I used to, he used to be right here. And I say, well, Michael, how's it going to, Michael would always say, don't worry about it. It's all going to turn out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so I remember his words. So to be curious, uh, I wonder how this is going to turn out. This is from the uh, movie, The Best Exotic Miracle Hotel, and the character called Sonny says, everything will turn out well in the end. So if it is not all right now, it's not the end. <laughs> and that there's somehow, I, when I saw that movie, I had, to, I had to write that down really quickly because I really felt there was some wisdom to that, some, some deep wisdom to that. So, um, That's a great movie. It is. I highly recommend it. Thank you for saying that. It's a wonderful uplifting movie. There there are other quotes from it that you'll just love, that you'll just want to, oh, just take in. Just well done. So um, 
I'm, I'm thinking uh, is when I think of curiosity, I think of the first time we ever met the Dalai Lama and did an interview with him, and that was down in Costa Rica. It was at a conference called the Seeking the True Meaning of Peace. And at this conference, uh, it was the first time the Dalai Lama was ever welcomed into a country from a head of state officially. Now, he had been to the United States, but in, and I think still he kind of comes in through the back door. It's not an official business, but Oscar Arias, who was the president at that time of Costa Rica, welcomed him for the first time as a head of state, as a head of state, another head of state. And it was a beautiful conference. And at the end of the conference, we were all in this beautiful opera house in the central square in San Jose, Costa Rica. And there were some questions asked at the end that people could ask on a piece of paper. And one person said, well, Your Holiness, I, you go around so happy all the time. I don't understand it. You know, your, your country is being devastated and overtaken and genocide. You'll probably never get to Tibet again, and I don't understand why you go around so happy all the time. And His Holiness said two things that really, really punched me in the gut and really changed my life. He said, one, he said, I go around happy because it makes me feel better. <laughs> Duh. Okay. Got that one. Okay. But the other thing he said, he said, you know, I do the work that I do, not because I have any knowledge of how it's going to turn out, but I do it because it's the right and good thing for me to do. And and here, he's like, Curious, he's remaining curious. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I keep on taking those steps toward it because I, I, I'm curious. I stay curious. We've, we've heard um, quotes from Vaclav Havel, uh, who is the former president of Czechoslovakia and who's a poet and a playwright. And he was also incarcerated for a little bit, not, not for the length of time uh, that Nelson Mandela was, but he is often quoted talking about hope. Hope is not the conviction that something will turn out well, but the certainty that something makes sense regardless of how it turns out. So staying close, staying in that curiosity, we keep going, we keep contributing. And I encourage us to be curious earlier Go to it as a first response rather than our normal reactive judgmental response when something is coming at us. Um, I want to read a quote by Jennifer Loudon, and uh, she's a life organizer, and she says, When we are curious, we drop our judgments and preconceptions. Being curious reminds us we can always evolve, adapt soften and change. It reminds us that nothing is fixed in this amazing universe. It becomes a flexible prayer bending with what life brings. I love that. I love that word soften, soften. It it reminds me of flow, and then it takes me back to the butterfly, and the butterfly liquefies, and 
just lets go so this new can appear, you know. It's it, it's this flowing, uh, being the concept of being fluid. It's um, flowing, soft, yielding, yet it's persistent, strong, unrelenting. I, I love that idea of flow. Uh, I learned that from a recent interview with Kristen Muller. She did a book called What Are You Waiting For?, So to declare, I don't know, will set you on the path of discovering what new thing you can learn. You know, uh, it's join the ranks of the lifelong learners. I mean, that's where I sit, is that there's still more to learn. You're listening to a talk presented by Justine Willis-Toms in the summer of 2014. Justine is the co-founder and host of New Dimensions Radio and co-author with Michael Toms of True Work, Doing What You Love and Loving What You Do. To learn more about the work of New Dimensions, please visit us at newdimensions.org. Once again, here is Justine Willis-Toms. And I'm not going to that place of setting up my tent and saying, which I have in the past, I've been there, I know this place. Oh, I know it all, you know, I know the way, the truth, and the light. You know, this goes back to my Jehovah's Witness days when I really thought, okay, I got it now, and I set up my tent. And, you know, uh, there's no more exploring, I've got all the facts But I learned, I met Michael, and it just busted loose, just exploded my head and my heart and, and, you know, uh, set me on this path of lifelong learning. Um, So it's really important that we really give ourselves time to focus on the beauty of life. After all, this may not be some galactic penal colony, you know. This may be... This may be the vacation spot of the galaxy, you know. So let's let's remember that. Let's let's keep keep being that. And and when when I say, you know, lifelong learner, I think of it like a tree. It's like we don't throw out what we've come from, where we've come from, those places. It's like the rings of a tree, our history. Uh, all that we've learned, it's all contained in every ring, but the rings just get bigger and bigger, and they contain more and more. I just love love that vision. It really keeps me going. It keeps me going. So that was the second key, which is to stay curious, an antidote to fear. So the third key is to be optimistic, an antidote to worry. The breath is curiosity. Optimism is like the blood, I think of it, that just circulates and carries, carries it all through our bodies. So, so optimism is the lifeblood of our soul, is how I like to think of it. We tend to act 
in the direction of our expectations. This is a known fact. We tend to act in the direction of our expectations. So, so if, if we are inspired, if we're, we're, we're looking at, at things with a wider perspective, then our expectations, and if we, we vision that all, all the children of all species for all times to live in peace and sustainability and hold that expectation, then we'll tend to move towards that. We'll tend to attract others to that. Um, we'll be looking for that those pieces of grass that come up through the cement. Uh, and this I got from John Stewart on the Daily Show. He interviewed the CEO of Starbucks. And he was saying, he was announcing that Starbucks is offering an associate degree for any of its employees, a college degree, an associate college degree for any of its employees. Now, you know, I mean, the Congress is still not passing anything about uh, student loans, but here is a company leading the way saying this is good for our company. It's good for the people who work for our company. Even if they get the degree and they move on to something else, it's still good and we're going to invest in this future for them. And, like, that's a blade of grass coming up. And you don't see Did you see it in the, the headlines of the Chronicle, or did you see it on the, you know, I mean, you gotta got to look for these things. And uh, I want to say something from Alexander Shia, who I, I, I love. He's written a couple of books. Of, one is The Hidden Power of the Gospels. So he's made a study of the New Testament and especially the Gospels. And he said, when we hold a belief that things are improving on a core level, our behavior will be more expansive and relaxed. And so, again, this is our, 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 mag- our imaginal cells coming together, and our positive behavior sets up this pattern. So, conversely, if we believe that things are getting worse then despite our best efforts to be benevolent, our core behavior will tend to be contracted, which is an appropriate survival response. There's nothing, you know, that's, that's a survival response. And so we, we steal ourselves up with that reptilian brain, and our, our, our negativity will then generate corresponding uh, contractions in our people we associate with. So, you know, it, it has a ripple effect. I want to, to talk about a little bit of research that was done on this that I think is important. I think it was out of North Carolina. And they had some people who were optimistic, who were in a better frame of mind. That's a group of people. And then they had these people who were in a more negative frame of mind. And they had them sit in front of a computer, and they had lots of things going on in the computer. And then afterwards, they had them write down what they saw. And they found that the people who were optimistic had a greater peripheral vision. They actually physiologically could see more. And they wrote down much more. Those who were in that negative space they had like this tunnel vision, and all they could see was what was in the middle of the computer. 
Now, I find that out astounding that, you know, that our physiological state of being relaxed and, and not going into despair and we can actually expand our awareness and see more. That means we can select more. We have much more choices than that we can make. And, um, it, I, and I, I want to say it's really, we know that we are programmed to notice the negative. Do you all know that? I think, you know, there are a lot of studies about that. We actually are programmed, the reptilian brain, just like for survival, we're programmed that that's why I think the news is so that six o'clock news is talking about so many negative things because it, it gets our attention. And so like the work of people like uh, Rick Hansen, he, he talks about how we have to really consciously create new pathways of consciousness where we, we let those, those pathways just sort of relax and not, not use them. They're, they're pretty well rutted, but to let them be more disused, and I kind of think about, you know, if you don't go down a road very often, then pretty soon the grass grows and pretty soon the rubble, it turns the road, the cement into rubble. We've all seen that. So let that happen in our brains and create these new pathways. It's called conscious evolution, as Barbara Marks Hubbard would, would say. So the, the, the two keys of curiosity and optimism actually help to keep us more healthy. Fear and worry is like contracting pneumonia. It, it stops the breath. It slows the blood. It, it, the blood actually becomes sluggish, and, and the capillaries aren't getting the oxygen. And so it, it, it's, it's a biological necessity to be optimistic. To be and and when I when I say optimistic, I'm talking. Michael would often say uh, grounded optimism, and he would he would use. Uh, I know Jim Wallace has that phrase about uh, about hope, and uh, hope is believing in spite of the evidence. And Michael would always add, and working to change the evidence. So you know, uh, so it's it's not a matter of just uh, Pollyanna. Oh, okay, let's be optimistic, but it's like staying in the game. And sometimes we don't see immediate results, and that can put us into despair. That it, when when we see that oh, it, it, nothing is happening, nothing is happening. And I want to tell you about another metaphor. This is from um, Oliver Clerk's book. Uh, it's called Invaluable Lessons from a Frog, Seven Life-Enhancing Metaphors. Oh, it's, it's a great book. Um, Invaluable Lessons from a Frog. And one of the lessons is the lessons of the Chinese bamboo. And this is a special kind of bamboo. And when you plant the seed and you water it the first year, and it's in plant the seed in fertile ground. You water it for the first year, nothing happens. And then you water it in the second year, nothing happens. You water it in the third year, the fourth year. It's not until the fifth year that you start to see these little green shoots come up. And in that fifth year, the bamboo grows 40 feet, four times 10, 40 feet, much taller than this ceiling, 40 feet in one year. 
And, you know, I mean, how does it do that? How does it do that? Well, it's developing a prodigious root system all that time, invisible root system. And it just reminds me that every every social movement, everything always happens from the grassroots up. It is not from the top down. It is always, you can do research on this and look at it, you know, the, the suffragette movement, you know, uh, the, the civil rights movement. I mean, you can go on and on and on. It's always from the bottom up. The, the American Revolution, you know, uh, the, the, the revolution in, in, in France, uh, just all of it from the grassroots up. So any sustainable change happens that way. And so I, I, I say that to keep us from being in despair when we think, oh, we're not making a difference. We're, nothing is happening. Remember the Chinese bamboo. So activism is, is part of that whole uh, piece of activity that, that is an antidote to despair. So when you're... Uh, wondering about things and wondering about, well, I'm not making much of an impact. I, I want to tell you a story. This is about a coworker who made an impact. And is, I just, it's just astounding to me. Uh, Tom Greenaway was with us for many, many years. And then when we moved from San Francisco up to Mendocino County, eventually he moved up there too. And what he decided to do, because he's just such a great soul and wants to contribute, he decided that he would go to uh, the city council, the weekly city council public meetings. And so every Wednesday at 6 o'clock in the city council chambers, there were some chairs, probably as many chairs as are here, and people were invited to come. And most weeks, nobody was there but Tom. And, but the city, but the council would do their business and he would observe them doing their business. Some weeks there would be standing room only. There'd be some issue, you know, and everybody wanted their two, two minutes at the mic to, to rant and rave about whatever it is that they were passionate about. And, uh, but mostly it was very quiet. And Tom, Tom would just, be sitting there and and he would just be sending out love to the council and he would be sending out a prayer that they do the best that they can do. You're listening to a talk given by Justine Willis-Toms in the summer of 2014. Justine is the co-founder and host of New Dimensions Radio and the author of Small Pleasures, Finding Grace in a Chaotic World. To learn more about the work of New Dimensions, please visit us at newdimensions.org.
Once again, here is Justine Willis-Toms. That's all. They were they were, were a little bit worried about him to begin with, like, who is this guy? I remember what is it? Who is that masked man, I think? Well, it was like uh, like that, like because he never spoke up, so they didn't know where he stood on any issue. He was just there. But pretty soon they relaxed and figured, oh, he's he's not a, a malevolent force here, that, 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 that this guy's okay. Well, when he retired, some of the council people came to his retirement party, and they said, you know, Tom, we did a better job because you were there. We were more. We acted in a more responsible way because you were there to witness it. And so, in that way, the whole county, the whole town, the whole valley, Ukiah Valley, benefited from this guy just doing there, just sitting there, loving people on a regular basis. I, I, I just love that. So if you don't think that you're making an effect, really, you, you never know how spirit's going to use you. Um, there, there is that other factor that um, is important when, when we start to feel like nothing is happening. And some of you may know about the trim tab factor. Does that ring any bell? The trim tab, I learned this from Bucky Fuller years ago. And in fact, his... Um, his gravestone says, call me trim tab. And the trim tab is, if you have a ship, let's say a big cargo ship, and it's, and it's moving in this direction, and it has this rudder down the back edge of it, and there is no mechanical device that can possibly turn that rudder against the momentum of that ship in the direction it's going, that rudder would break off. It just, it, it, there's no way to turn it. So what the engineers figured out is that they would put a trim tab on the rudder. And this is a very small little tab on the big tab. And that little tab can be turned. They have these on airplanes too. That little tab can be turned and when it's turned, then slowly the bigger rudder starts to follow, and then pretty soon the direction of the ship has been changed. So I, I wanted to, to share that with you, the trim tab factor, because again, as imaginal cells, we are trim tabs. That's another way of looking at ourselves. The fourth key is... Develop circles of, the, of friends of the heart, people who support you in your fullness. I just can't tell you how important this is. It's so important to gather together people who can cheer you on, who know, who know your longings. Uh, he, I, I have several circles. Michael and I were part of, and I continue to be part of a circle of men and women that we've been meeting for about almost 35 years now, you know, and we continue to meet. Even though we're far away from each other now, we continue to gather together for a longer weekend together. And, and, and then my women's group has been meeting for over, over 30 years. And uh, so, you know, it, it, so we have a history and they've seen me in my despair. They've seen me when I am scared. They've seen me 
when I've gone through the death of my mother or the death of my of Michael's son. They've, you know, we've gone through marriages and divorces and births and deaths and the whole full catastrophe, as Zorba the Greek would say, you know. And the magic of it, it's not a therapy group. The magic of it is that we are just there to witness one another, to listen deeply to one another, to take it in. And there is an alchemical change that happens when you are sitting with people who have truly received you. And no matter what you're saying, in in this safe container, you change. I can't explain how it happens, but it happens. There is a, 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 an African saying that really captures this so well, and it's because we are being witnessed and because there's such deep listening present in these circles, we can hear our own deep longings, hear our own deep fears, our own gratitudes, our own joys. And in this circle, we learn not to be afraid for one another. We've created a history together, and that's part of it. It's like we've seen each other come through enormous challenges. And so when somebody in the circle is going through that challenge, we can hold them in their genius. We know they are a genius. We know they're going to come through. We know we do not have to be afraid for them. It's just magical, and it happens over and over, and they can feel our cheering them on because we know who they are. And I want to read this African saying. Wait, before I read the African saying, I want to say just something because you may be asking the question, yeah, but how do I start a circle? So I I want to say that before I do the African saying. And um, there is a, a website in another circle I belong to. It's called the Millionth Circle. M-I-L-L-I-O-N-T-H circle.org, O-R-G, like the hundredth monkey, the millionth circle. And on this website, you can go to millionthcircle.org, org, and you can find guidelines and principles, and there are some uh, even uh, resources. There, there are some articles. I know there's an article that I've written about the three keys to starting a circle, and just briefly Those three keys are to, first of all, have the intention and write that intention down so it's not just in your head. So you actually put it down on paper and then share it with one other person. Say, I have this intention. That starts the first line of manifestation. The second one is to put out the call. And it doesn't matter if there are only two other people that that respond to the call. If there are only three of you, that's fine. You know, don't expect to be 20 people. In fact, I think 20 people might be too big. I think 10 or less make a much better circle. And the third thing, this is going to sound odd, but the third thing is to meet regularly, no matter what, and keep to the start time and the end time. Now, that may surprise you, but it is very critical. Even if you're the only one that shows up for the circle, 
hold the circle and write to your friends that didn't, that couldn't make it, say, well, I was in the circle, I called in the spirit or however you start the circle, and I sat there and I, I sent out good feelings to all of you and I was there for the two hours or whatever length of time. So don't be sporadic with it. Do it regularly. And, and you need to start on time and end on time. In these time, postmodern times, we're so busy. And if you go to a circle, and number one, they just kind of wander in at a certain time. It's not respectful of the circle. You're, to, you're, you're creating respect for the circle. And so to start on time, and it's important to end on time. Even if it's so juicy, people don't want to stop. Stop on time and go and say, well, we'll do more of this next time. Because if you go over time, then people will say the next time, they'll say, oh, well, it went over time. I'm so tired. I I don't think I'll go. So it's really important. So those are my three keys for starting a circle. And then you can get more on that website. But the African saying that I want to share with you, it goes like this. A friend is someone who knows your song and sings it to you when you have forgotten it. Those who love you are not fooled by mistakes you have made or the dark images you hold about yourself. I love that. They're not fooled. When we get into that dark place, they're not fooled by that. They remember your beauty when you feel ugly. Your wholeness when you are broken. Your innocence when you feel guilty. And your purpose when you are confused. So this is, you know, start a circle of friends of the heart, people who support you in your fullness. So, uh, so again, just to reiterate, the, in conclusion to chaotic times, the four keys, circulate, not isolate. Remember to rub shoulders with life. Stay curious. Curiosity is an antidote to fear. Be optimistic. Optimism is an antidote to worry and develop a circle of friends of the heart, people who support you in your fullness. And just remember that life is one big, messy improvisation, you know, and in improv, the main rule of improv is to say yes. So say yes to life. Don't go to gloom and doom. And remember that life is a zigzag. And so with with a blessing, I want to leave you May you find joy in what you love, in the company of those you love, and have the courage to go on doing it and never lose the joy. And remember when you're in doubt, default to generosity. Thank you so much. You've been listening to a talk given by Justine Willis-Toms in the summer of 2014. Justine is the co-founder and host of New Dimensions Radio and the author of Small Pleasures, Finding Grace in a Chaotic World, and co-author with Michael Toms of True Work, Doing What You Love and Loving What You Do. To learn more about the work of New Dimensions, please visit us at newdimensions.org.
I'm Dan Drazen. You've been listening to New Dimensions. This is program number 3522. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. For over four decades, New Dimensions has been producing weekly conversations at the leading edge. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions.